Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. Um, okay, let's talk a bit more about your, your childhood and um, your upbringing. So you, you, you've mentioned your brother and sister. And um, I, I remember hearing your brother claim that he was a better driver than you. <laughs> but you put paid to that because you did a race on the sim. And tell us the result. It wasn't just for sim. It was a Williams F1 sim. So, um, you know, he came to a, a race last year and he always gives it the big one that he's the fastest Russell. And the first time he met Claire, he let her know that he took the wrong Russell. So she turned around and said, all right, let's get you on the sim. So we arranged that, did that at the start of a year. Um, I sort of had him over because I got him practicing around Barcelona. And when we got to, um, on on the Formula One game, and when we got to Williams, they said we're doing Hungary on the sim. So he thought I kind of had him over. Um, Proper stitch up. Yeah, proper stitch up. He was, he was all right, to be honest. By the end, he got, he only did about 25 laps. By the end, I think he was three and a half, four seconds off. He, but to be fair, I literally jumped in and did one lap, and that was my reference. So probably four and a half or so seconds off. So he's got potential. He's got, <laughs> got potential. Maybe he should oh. make a comeback at the age of 34. I am sure he will love hearing his little brother say he's got potential. Um, but it's fair to say that he's one of the reasons that you are in racing, isn't he? Tell us the story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my brother used to race go-karts uh, when he was 11 years old, and that's when I was born. And he just went through the ranks in in Britain, in, in national karting. And my brother was was incredibly good. You know, he won the British and World Championship in, in karting in 2007. Um, but, you know, he because he did start so late, there was not really any further sort of future for for him in in motorsport, and he was he was quite happy to sort of hand the baton down onto me and to um, you know go off to university and and live his own life. So you know he lives a lives a happy life now. He's got two kids. He's um, enjoying it. He supports me every weekend. But because of him, I was on the racetrack from you know such a young age, from from one or two years old, and. I was just, I just grew up on the racetrack. So it was just so natural for me to jump in a go-kart just because I was on the racetrack for so long. So you did feel like it was your destiny. It was in your DNA. It was meant to be. Yeah, like I say, it it wasn't even like a shock when I first drove because it just felt natural. It just felt like that was always 
going to be yeah, like my destiny because I had always been on four wheels. I had a little quad bike from a very young age. I used to have a pedal tractor, which I used to take around all the racetracks with me and uh, have all sorts of fun on that. So, you know, I just loved everything four wheels and it was just so natural and normal for me to, to start go-karting. And your sister was into equestrian. She was into horses. Yeah. So weren't ever tempted by that? Not really, no. I think I've only ridden a horse once or twice and um, it was a little bit painful in <laughs> in a certain area for me. I got my rhythm all wrong. I was on the down bounce when the horse was on the up bounce and uh, it, was, uh, it wasn't very pleasant. So, no, I, I passed on that one and, and stuck the four wheels. Oh, it's funny because um, when we did that cribs with you, uh, I remember looking around because you're at your parents now and you've obviously been there through, through, through the lockdown and now between the two Silverstone races. Um, but I remember looking around and thinking, hang on, there's another picture of George and another picture of George and another picture. And you're like, yeah, probably, probably winds them up a bit, a bit of the golden boy of the family. But I mean, Maybe. along comes this little cherub, you know, when they've, the, the other kids are like, what, 11 and 10? He's older than me, yeah. Yeah, 11 and 10. And then this gorgeous little boy comes on, gorgeous George. So no wonder you were so treasured by everyone. Like, yeah, exactly. a blessing. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, um, you know, my mum, <laughs> my, my, my parents loved me a lot. My mum uh, definitely still treats me a little bit like a baby. And my sister, to a certain extent, you know, they'll all do anything for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky in that sense and um you know i guess that's why you know i always say now in, i'm in formula one this has not just been a journey for me but for all of us you know my parents sacrificed so much to get me here my siblings were um sort of willing to allow my parents invest sort of so much time and effort and, and money at the time when i started racing to to follow my dreams and without the support of all of them you know, potentially I wouldn't be here today. So, you know, this has been a success of of all of us. And that's why I feel like it's my turn to pay them back, not just, you know, financially, but to, you know, this whole dream of ours to uh, sort of invest together. That's so lovely. And I think it's really important for, for the fans to see the human story behind each of the the drivers, which I guess... It's why podcasts like this matter, but also the Netflix series has been so brilliant because you, you actually, it humanizes the sports stars because often we just see you submerged in your cockpit. We've got no idea really about the backstory and it's the backstory that makes you special, isn't it? Um, how, what, what did their sacrifice, your parents' sacrifice look like on a weekly basis? What kind of time commitment were they giving? What did weekends look like for you? I mean, the main thing would be the weekends. You know, my, my dad would work Monday to Friday incredibly long hours um he ran the business so I wouldn't actually see a lot of my father in the week but always on a Friday night after after school we'd jump in a little motorhome and we'd go up and down the country going racing so it was only a Saturday Saturday Sunday and um you know they were always there to to support me and in my early days actually when my brother was still racing it was actually me and my mum that went together to a lot of the races and uh, we had a little horse box, which we put the cart in the back and she used to be like my mechanic at the time and do all the tire pressures and what have you. So, you know, it's just 
I guess as as a kid, you just feel like it's it's natural and normal, as you know, no different uh, for your parents putting putting that much effort and time into your life. And um, and even for me, I didn't I didn't recognise at the time that my my parents are spending all this time with me, but not with my my siblings. So uh, obviously they were uh, much older and they they were living their own life, but still that was a huge part of it. And that that was the case, you know, from all of my life really. From eight to to thirteen, my parents every single weekend were were away with me. And did you ever feel like you were missing out on stuff that normal kids and teenagers did? Or did that never yeah. come into your head? Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's natural to 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 feel that. I know, I know a lot of drivers um, who potentially haven't made it, who didn't miss out on things when they were younger. When I was, because you know, I was focused on my job, and um, and I was, I just had one dream, and that was to get to Formula One, and I gave everything. You know, I recognised that from a pretty young age you've got to give everything you've got and it's definitely your your late teenage years when you know your mates are out partying um going out clubbing at the weekend getting getting drunk and getting on it and um like I say I don't I didn't necessarily miss it I knew I could have done it but I knew that it wasn't the right thing to be doing so um that's sort of a sacrifice you had to make but you know, I look back and, I, you know, I wouldn't change it for a thing. You know, I feel much more pleased in the position I am now than potentially if I was out having a great time every couple of weeks um, with my mates at the weekends and not be in this position. I'm sure your mates agree. Uh, when, you, um, uh, when you were younger, like much younger, when was the point that you realised that you had enough talent to be... A racing driver and when was the point that you realized it was going to happen because presumably there were two different points in time or maybe there yeah, were definitely I mean when I was a kid I was incredibly confident I thought I could uh you know defeat the world and I was invincible I think a lot of kids feel like that but definitely when I was racing when I was um probably 11 years old Probably 11 to 14 were my most confident years of my life where I just thought I could, I was completely invincible and in, not just in racing, but just life in general. Uh, so fortunately, nothing bad happened to me that I didn't jump out the bedroom window or something. I thought I could fly. Um, but it was probably, it was probably 11 years old that when I started to think I, I was uh, pretty invincible um, that I thought, you know, I'm fairly handy at this and not necessarily thought you can go all the way. Again, it felt at the time, it felt like it was just a natural journey, like it was as I was a kid, you know, driving around on my pedal tractor. It was just natural that I felt like I was going to sit in a, a go-kart one day. And then likewise, between the age of 11 and probably between 11 and 15, it just felt natural that you just win, win races and you'll be in Formula One one day. And it was only when I was... 16 years old I really recognised actually you know I'm a long way from F1 it's going to take a lot of things to happen a lot of things to change I don't have the the backing behind me to even get into you know GP3 Formula 2 
to be on the radar F F1 teams and it's going to take something pretty big to happen and that was the point that it really hit me uh, you know this might not happen and then when was your mind changed um I think the moment I got signed by Mercedes, that was... That'll do it. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I think even then, I, I signed a, um, an option agreement with Mercedes at the start of 2016. And they had the option on me until the end of 2016 to, to take me as a full-time junior driver or not. So I had to go out that year, prove myself. I was doing days on their simulator. And that whole season felt like a, a test almost to see if I could, you know, reach the bar to, to get into Mercedes. And, um, you know, I remember that phone call in October saying, yeah, we're going to sign you. That was, you know, that was probably the biggest relief probably I've ever had in my life because that was the moment I knew if that was a no, that was game over. You know, this I would 100% not be in this position today um, because firstly, I wouldn't have been able to afford or have the backing to race in GP3 on F2. Um, so like I said, that was the moment where I thought, you know what, we've got a pretty decent chance here. Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink and you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones and join the community we're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks so thank you for joining us stay with us stay healthy stay home stay connected with Bose planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.